Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. I'm a feminist, but... (laughs) Hello, Canterbury! We're back. And I'm a feminist, but... I last week was sent three brand new feminist books, all by new cutting-edge authors. All of them I was sent complimentary in a post because people were hoping I'd read them and, you know, say something nice. Um, I have not even opened one of the covers of those books (laughs) because, and this is not my fault, in the same week, Jennifer Grey brought out her memoir... Jennifer Grey, like Dirty Dancing Baby, brought out a brand new memoir called Out of the Corner, and she throws everyone under the bus. Like, every... Oh, my God, you guys. I just can't even talk enough about it. Like, firstly, Matthew Broderick cheated on her with Helen Hunt and a bunch of other people, and she rang up Helen Hunt and went, Hi, it's Jennifer Grey, you can have him, and hung up. And, and Gilda Radner, who some of you will know, like a, like a big comedy star back then, was so jealous of her and this other guy, she put a tarantula on her towel when they were in Brazil together and she washed her face with the tarantula and was like, ah! She was only 18 and Gilda Radner was like 36. Amazing. And Sean Penn left a really rude message on her voicemail, like a threatening message going, if you know what's good for you, you'll shut your mouth. Because she tried to put the 18-year-old Winona Ryder off dating the, like, 28-year-old terrifying Sean Penn. She doesn't give a fuck about any of these people. She's just like, you guys, you've all had big careers and lots of movies. I haven't. I got dirty dancing. And now I'm older and I need a million dollars. I don't give a fuck about you. And I am here for you, baby. I am here for you, Jennifer Grey. I will be reading nothing feminist for at least another week. Because I'm reading this book again. I've already read it. I'm a feminist, but... It's another book-related story, guys. What a shocker. I'm a feminist, but I'm surprised we both have book tales. Um, I'm a feminist, but I was sat at a coffee shop near my house recently, and an older gentleman came over and started to explain to me why he liked the book I was reading, and also why I should probably try another author. And he was right. She's great. She's great. We had a great chat. Shout out to David. I love him. He was great. I know, I felt like I was betraying the sisterhood, but he, he made some very valid points. Were you in the corner? I wasn't in the corner. I wasn't Jennifer Graying it. Yeah. Oh my god, by the way. As long as you were not baby in the corner. I can't believe she wrote a book. I'm so thrilled. Did she cover the nose job? She opens with the nose job. She opens with the nose job. 
in the middle of yes. the nose job. She opens with how she didn't want to have it and her <gasps> mum had always told her to have it growing up. Sorry. No. I'm spoiling this book. Like, Spoil- you, you, you cannot spoil this book. It's so full of incredible stuff. There's no way to spoil it. But also, spoiler, you can tell from her face. She had a nose job. Like- yeah. She definitely had a nose job, but she didn't want to have it. And she had a very <gasps> mild one, which she was very happy with. Mild, the- like a, a, a slight case of the flu. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you look well, but they can't tell why type one. I and can then tell. the cartilage started to come through, <gasps> so they had to redo it. No. And then they made her t- unrecognizable. Jennifer, Jennifer. Sorry, Jennifer. They need, we need to do more show. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but. First of all, I don't read books. <laughs> straight out the bat, don't like them too long. Um, <laughs> stop typing. It's, my, it's too long. Um, I'm a feminist, but um, I'm a stand-up comedian, and that means I get home quite late most nights. Um, and the other day, I was at a bus stop, and it's really like where all the gentlemen were staring at me, and the weather was really creepy. It was really staring at my face. Um, and instead of confronting him, I just like changed my face into something you wouldn't like. <laughs> so I kind of went... <laughs> and, like, made out that that was my face. Um, it did not work. The man was horny. <laughs> but I think that's generally a good way of... I think it's a, it's a good way of dealing with creeps. Just change your general appearance into something they don't like. So what, just like pour your water all down your top type Yeah, thing. just like, just whatever and you can do. Actually, don't do that. That's going to turn you, that's going to be wet t-shirt. That's, no, that's Whatever different. you can do with your face that makes you look less human, <laughs> just go for it. Again, I don't read books. What, into, Maybe that's... <laughs> into the uncanny valley where you look like a video game character. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... My mum is um, uh, 75 and um, she started sort of getting a little bit muddled with some words every now and then. She just starts forgetting things. And I think it's funny to not correct her or mislead her. Um, So when we were in the pub last night um, and we were in front of the fit barman and she was going to order two pints of carling, I didn't correct her. And I just stood there and smiled nicely when she ordered two pints of Caniston. <laughs> what, like the yeast cream for, for when you have a, yeah. an issue? It was really good. The barman she didn't know. two pints of thrush cream. Two pints of thrush cream, please. It must be really bad. Wow. What did, yeah. the, did the barman keep a straight face? He didn't know. But the oh. barmaid thought it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... The, the only reason I'm here is because my dad's the tour manager. Yay! That is not true, Clem. That is not true. Clem is, a, Clem is a genius musician, and she's only 15 years of age. That's why she's here. Now, the fact that your father is the tour manager means that we know your work, but honestly, if anything, it's a strike against you. Because our tour manager is a man and putting the pater into patriarchy, in your case. So you are here despite your father being the tour manager. And frankly, there are days when he's on thin ice. You may be replacing. He's, he's absolutely amazing. But he's mainly amazing because he invented a feminist. 
I mean, I reckon your mum had something to do with it too, but... Maybe, yeah. But the bar's lower for men. A man in the audience will get a round of applause if he says he's a feminist. The bar is so low. If he goes, I'm a school teacher, people go, oh my God, that's so beautiful. Um, so similarly, but, you know, you're going to see great things from Clem this evening. I'm a feminist, but... <laughs> I'm threatened by 15-year-olds with talent. Um... <laughs> I think it's rude that you didn't tell me that she was coming on the show. Also, I'm a feminist, but why the fuck would you choose downlighting? <laughs> Have you seen the size of my nose? It casts a shadow over my massive tits. <laughs> and that is a feat. You can't see my feet, it is a feat. When you said feet, I thought you said fit, and I think. Felicity Ward, in any light, even down, you are incredibly fit. You shut up. <laughs> However, I will say I also, when I become very successful, I will bound down When, right. she says, no. on her international tour of no, theatres. No, it's true, it's true. But, okay, here's a way in which I need to be 25 more successful, 25% more successful. 25 more successful, 25% guys. more successful. See the people in the front row here, I know full well that they have the same view of me that I have of me when I accidentally open my camera phone the wrong way. And I'm like, oh my God. So when I'm very successful, we will come back to Canterbury, but only the dress circle and the gods will be open. Because they're at that flattering high selfie angle. These seats will not be for sale. Yeah. You need more raked, more raked seating. You need like mm. flat stage raked seating. Oh, the theatres will be designed especially for my angles. Uh, I think that we need to fire Stuart, the tour manager, quite frankly. Clem, would you like an extra job? <laughs> Are we ready to start the show? Then welcome, welcome, welcome to the Guilty Feminist! I'm Derek Francis White. Please welcome Felicity Ward, Celia A.B., Catherine Bohart, Jess Robinson and Clem Arnold. Fabulous, talented, seething, seething and fizzing and throbbing with talent. Uh, backstage, ready for your delectation. Um, just give us a cheer if you listen to the Guilty Feminist podcast. <laughs> give us a cheer if you don't know what you're at. <laughs> Notice how those cheers are less certain, less feminist, if you will. <laughs> That's right. Are you coming in late? Have you? Have you no, it's probably because you've been fighting the patriarchy. <laughs> And you were delayed doing that. Were you delayed fighting the patriarchy? What were you, how were you delayed? What, what, was, what was the patriarchy you were fighting? Sorting out children and drinking bellinis. The guilty feminists in one human being there. That's, that's sorting out children. Now, when you say sorting out children, do you mean you're instilling feminist values in children? Do you mean you're platforming them to make sure their voices are heard? Do you mean you're just ticking off the list like, oh, this one won't do its homework and can you have this one on Thursday? Organising childcare. Listen, that is a feminist pursuit. If, listen, women have been doing the bulk of that organising the childcare for millennia and this is why we are behind in representation. We've been too busy doing that. Um, it's not. It's the history of the world, but that, it's important to do it while drinking Bellinis. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Do it more, more things while drinking Bellinis, gang. I think that's the first thing on the agenda for when I take over the world. 
Um, I, I am applying for that role, I think. I used to think I wouldn't be very good at it, but now I think the ones that do it are so bad that I reckon I might as well have a go because I don't think I could be worse. So first order of business, childcare is sorted for you if you are a woman or a person of minority gender or a gay man. All others, i.e. straight cis men, need to sort their own childcare. That's, that's, that's thing number one. Unless they're a solo parent, then I'll... Yeah, okay. More Bellinis for everyone is the main policy. Um, just give us a cheer if you've done anything feminist recently. Great, okay. I'm going to ask you for some of those things, but what I am going to do is ask somebody to come in at a quite low bar at first. For now, you can say it later, but early on, what we're looking for is such a small act of feminism that other people are going to feel really like, what? I can do better than that and leap right over the top of yours. So has anyone got anything minor that they think, yeah, that won't intimidate others? Yes. You got your other half to wash your hair for you today. So what, like in Out of Africa? Like where? Oh, because you've hurt your hand. So you've asked your partner, um, and he did it. He did it for you. you. I'm in charge. Okay. Did you say that as you made him wash your hair? Did you say, get in here, I'm in charge, wash my hair? And how was that for you? Emotional. Why? So much product, so much hair. Oh, I thought, you, I thought it was going to be about something else there. Like, it's not really about the hair. It, apparently, it is really about the hair. So much product, so much time. Would you, and, and what's your name? Richard and Becca. And Richard, would you identify as a feminist? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. All right. Yeah, I'd say so. Now, can you see why... That was an inadvisable way to say yes in this room. <laughs> Do you listen to the podcast, Richard? We did when we stopped that. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, Richard said we did, and then we stopped about a month ago. <laughs> now, Richard, you have learnt nothing from our last interaction at all, have you? All you needed to say was yes, because you've... You've certainly listened to enough that if I grilled you hard, you'd have the right answers. You have listened. Oh, you're now making a face like you weren't really listening. She was listening, and you were like tuning in and out. That happens a lot, Rebecca's saying. <laughs> happens a lot. That happens a lot. Okay, well, maybe Rebecca's brought you here so you can learn something, Richard. <laughs> a, lit a little bit. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Okay. Um... <laughs> Okay, so that's one act of feminism. Anyone got anything else? Anyone got anything else? Yes? Oh, oh, oh. I've got one here first and I'm coming straight to you after. Yes? What's yours? Co-founders of Books for Change. I'm just reading this in because otherwise the people on the podcast can't hear, so I'm going to repeat what you say. So co you're the co-founders of Books for Change. Fundraise for schools to get feminist books in schools. Far, far too good. That's, that's, that's far bigger, too big an act of feminism. Lots of people here now don't want to say anything because, like, that's proper. As soon as they said the word co-founders, I was out. I was like, 
If you're co-founding anything, that's an act of feminism most people will never do. You do understand most people in the world are never going to co-found anything. They're not going to found, nor are they going to co-found. Like, the, 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 only thing, the only thing Richard's ever found was like a shoe in the park. Like, he's not... He co-found his seat tonight next to Becky. That's what Richard's done. He's not co-founded anything over here. So this is yay for you, but you did not understand the assignment. <laughs> Becky got it. Becky was like, I made my boyfriend wash my hair. And he was in submission to me for that period of time. And I felt in charge and powerful. And like the power dynamics of the last few millennia between men and women didn't exist in that bathroom for that 20 minutes. Whereas what you've done is co-founded something. And therefore you are ineligible for the lowly active feminism prize. But what's the name of the thing that we can support? Books for Change. And can people in Canterbury get involved? Canterbury Books for Change. So people can bring the books or the money. What do you want? Or the volunteers? You want money and you want volunteers? Yes. Okay. Booksforchange.co.uk, they need money, Richard, and they need volunteers. <laughs> so, if you wanted to be a better feminist, we found a way you can help. So, at the moment, you're like, I'm kind of a feminist, I don't know what that really means. What it really means is you get behind some feminists doing something genuine. Give a book to a kid in a school who might never read it. A feminist book that might just change their mind and it might be a girl in the school or a non-binary child in the school or a boy in the school who suddenly sees the world differently and goes on to grow up and make the kind of change to, to be the kind of world that Becky wants to live in where men are washing women's hair in every direction. So would you be able to get involved with them and maybe give them a little direct debit? Maybe volunteer? Like, so it could be five pounds a month, but it would really help them, you know. If they also give Jennifer Grey's autobiography out of the corner, yeah, a memoir, out of the corner, would that be a book you'd be considered to have on your list? I don't think it should go into schools. It's got a lot of cocaine in it. It's about the 80s. It's about the 80s. And it's, it's all about cocaine misuse, pretty much. So I think that's something, maybe you could buy that for you and you could give them money for that. I don't know. These are just suggestions. Okay, all right. So I think we've got Richard. Becky, will you make sure Richard does something for these guys? Excellent, good. You're in charge. And the final one we had back here, what was that? Oh, that's wonderful. So for people at home, you got married last week and you got the Kent County Council to change the language so it would be inclusive of non-binary and trans people who were participating. How did you get the language changed? Can you give us an example of what the change was? Oh, great. So it didn't just start with ladies and gentlemen and you explained why and you gave them different examples and they changed it. That is great news. That is a lovely piece of feminism. Also, not as unintimidating as these people are looking to do. Most people have never changed language in an official government document. But Canterbury 
most places when you ask for lowly acts of feminism, people say things like, I only shaved one leg this month. And you are bringing it. They do, you do not have lowly acts of feminism. You are bringing it. You are like, I'm afraid. I have simply set the precedent for councils around the country to be more inclusive in their language. And I did that on Tuesday morning. What have you done? It's a great question for York, which is where we're going next. I'm going to tell them about you. I'm going to be like, Canterbury just wouldn't keep it down. They just couldn't stop themselves. Um, So Canterbury, you are on for a feminist evening. Just give me a just give me a cheer if you're feeling more feminist than guilty tonight. Give us give us give us a little cheer if you're feeling more guilty than feminist. Hmm. Okay. Normally, when it's a show night, people all everyone goes guilty. Woo! We're out for a good time. Again, Canterbury, you've bucked the trend. Even Cambridge went. Yeah, we'll go guilty for the evening. You're not having it. You're an intellectual feminist crowd. Well, listen, we're going to try and deliver on this promise. Hello, guilty feminists of Australia and New Zealand. We are coming to you. And by we, I do mean Grace Petrie and I are getting on a plane. And we are flying 24 hours to see you. Uh, I am so excited about this because I haven't been to Australia for two and a half years and it's where I was born and raised. So I usually come back at least once or twice a year to see my family and all my guilty feminists massive. And this is going to be quite moche for me. I'll be honest with you. Uh, if you're going to be at any of these shows, you're probably going to see tears as well as laughter. I just want to be with you whole down under gang again. Like the shows, they're legendary. They always feel so powerful, so important, so joyful, so hilarious, so fraught with resistance, feminism and song. Um, I just can't wait. So I'm going to tell you where we're coming. On the 13th of July, we're going to be in Adelaide. On the 15th of July, we're going to be in Perth. On the 17th of July, we're going to be in Canberra. On the 18th of July, we're going to be in Canberra. But please bear in mind, the shows will be totally different with different guests. So you can come to both of those. 19th of July, we're going to be in Brisbane. 20th of July, we're going to be in Melbourne. 22nd of July, Christchurch. 23rd of July, Auckland. 24th of July, Wellington. 27th of July, Sydney. Confirmed guest co-host include Steph Tisdale in Brisbane, Celia Picola will be in Melbourne, Geraldine Hickey will be in Adelaide, and Cal Wilson will be everywhere else. That's Canberra, that's Perth, that's all the New Zealand dates. Uh, get your tickets now. We will also have Grace Petrie with us, uh, Singing Up a Storm, and local feminists who we will be talking to and going in for the deep dive conversation. Do not miss it. I'm desperate to be with you. Please be there if you possibly can. Send people, bring everyone on your WhatsApp groups, introduce people to it that hasn't been there before. Let's have a kiki. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. So you're going to see some incredible stand-up comedy tonight. You're going to hear some incredible music. We're going to have a deep dive chat with local feminists who are doing stuff in your area right here on this lovely shiny red sofa. Are you ready for your first stand-up comedian? 
She's absolutely incredible. You've probably seen her on Live at the Apollo and other incredible television shows. You've certainly heard her on The Guilty Feminist. Uh, you will be going up to see her in Edinburgh this year. Put your hands together and make incredible woo-hooing Guilty Feminist noises for the wonderful Catherine Bohart! Take it, you're Richard? No. Which one? Oh my gosh, I just assumed you'd be looking as defeated as this man, but no, a, pra- practically a spring in your step, Richard. What's happened to you? Truly, he couldn't be further down the Maybe you're trying not to be Richard. You're hiding. I get it now. Hello, hi. Stop profiling the first row. Don't mind if I do. Okay, good. Hello, I'm Catherine. Delightful to be here. Delightful to be anywhere. Delightful to talk to people. I spent all of lockdown alone, and I'm making up for it now. Give me a cheer if you lived alone during lockdown. Nice, okay, three sad gals, I love it. Okay, good. Goodness, it was a weird time. I tell you what, I, um, I had to set some boundaries with myself. I'll be honest, I've never lived alone before, and it transpires I'm quite a difficult woman <laughs> to be with, actually. But I had to set some rules because I, I mean, I, we all, I think all of our mental health got worse. I can only assume it did, yes, or else you weren't paying attention. And, um, but, but what, I definitely let red flags go that I shouldn't have because I was alone. Thank you for the woo. And um, main one was, I spent a lot of it talking to myself. <laughs> Give me a cheer if you spoke to yourself during lockdown. <laughs> that is a lot more of you than who were living alone. <laughs> I'm just more interesting than my housemates. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. I did. I spoke to myself a lot, but the main thing I had to do was set some rules. So, had some rules. Rule number one was obviously it could never be the best chat I had of the day. That felt important. Second rule, and I think this is vital in any context when you're speaking to yourself, there must be no new information. Yeah? Absolutely fine to chat away to yourself, but you mustn't learn anything. Yes? Talk away, but if you hear yourself say, oh, really? Stop talking. <laughs> when I got to that point, I started therapy. Give me a cheer if you did therapy in lockdown. <laughs> there they are. Yes, good. I did. Oh, my goodness me. What a time to be a therapist. Fucking hell. We were a dull bunch, weren't we? The whole lot of us showing up being like, I'm sorry, this horrible, unprecedented thing keeps happening to me and I can't see my friends and I can't see my family. She was like, uh-huh, yeah. Same, babe. Like, what do you <laughs> what do you want me to say? Also, I'm just gonna say it. I don't think therapy belongs on Zoom. That's not right. I'm like, I'm a big fan of advocate even of therapy, but I would say it at the very least should be a day out. <laughs> do you know what I mean? For 80 quid an hour, that feels like you should put your pants on, brush your teeth, and leave the house, yeah? And I'm a fan, by the way. I love the day out. I like the old school day out. I like going to the room with the white walls and the lady in the cardigan and the art that says nothing and the curtain on something that may or may not be a window and the cushion that could be any age. Oh, yeah. Free tissues, fuck yeah. When I get there, I'm like, I'm gonna change my life. Doesn't work that way on Zoom. Problem with Zoom, in my opinion, is that you can see in to your therapist's house. And then the jig is up, my friends, right? Because then you know they can't help you. <laughs> I had the loveliest therapist. Her name was Lisa. Lisa did her absolute best, but Lisa's Christmas tree. 
was up until March. I'm a feminist, but that's not a well woman. She can't help me. Valentine's Day, I had to say something. Mid-February, I thought, I said, Lisa, what's with the tree? She had the audacity to look at me and say, oh, is that bothering you? Get fucked, Lisa, no. That is not my issue. I'll pay for my own problems, thank you very much. I was alone in lockdown because I had a breakup during lockdown. Bit of fun, no woo, okay. And um, I'm fine, but I tell you what, I, truly, my friends were trash. Uh, I'm a feminist, but women in their 30s should not be allowed to advise other women in their 30s about love. Sorry, I said it. Um, Frankly, the best person in my entire life during my breakup was my dentist. (laughs) She was a dream. Truly amazing. My dentist, now a couple of things about her. Um, I've been seeing her for seven years. My ex had been seeing her for two. The dentist is Irish, so I think I get her in the divorce, yeah? (laughs) Now, her name is Karen, but they're not all bad, right? (laughs) Wow, Canterbury taking against the Karens very fast. Here's the thing, I went into Karen about two weeks after the breakup and Karen, you know, she's Irish, so she's nosy and um, we were her only lesbians, so she asked a lot of questions. She was like, oh my God, how are you? How's she? How's she been? Is she coming in to see your teeth? How's she been? You're doing comedy on Zoom? Are you living together during lockdown? About 14 questions in, I thought, fucking hell, I'm going to have to tell Karen. Next time she takes her hand out of my mouth, I'm just going to have to say. So she did, she took her fist out and I said, look, Karen... Good, you're feminist, but you're pervert feminist, and I like this. The joke doesn't even make any sense, but people were like, we'll go with it, fisting. (laughs) I said, look, Karen, I should have said, but actually we broke up. And then Karen asked what we asked. She said, oh, who broke up with who? Which we ask, don't we? Because we live in a society of winners and losers, and we want to know who we're talking to, yeah? (laughs) So I told her I was the loser. And then Karen did something that made me sure the situation was very serious because Karen did something Irish women never do and she paused. (laughs) Yes, I have some self-awareness, thank you. And then she said this, she said, "Um, oh my God, she's due in here next week. She genuinely said, oh, don't worry about that, sure, we're not doctors. (laughs) Karen was like, I can make it look like an accident. I was like, what's that? Karen came to see me do stand-up in London. Didn't invite her, but she came. And um, and I I was doing a show and I did that bit. And then afterwards I saw her and I was like, fuck, I got to stop using this lady's real name. And um, she's going to sue me for defamation. Um, No, no, she just got hammered at the bar. And then she leant into me and said even two even more terrifying words. She just said, um, drill slip. <laughs> and honestly, it was all the therapy I've ever needed. <laughs> She's incredible. The other person who tried desperately to comfort me through my breakup, but couldn't because I couldn't see her during lockdown was my mother. Now, um, uh, my mom's great. Like all Irish mammies, she loves a bit of trauma. She was very sad to miss out, right? So then lockdown eased in Ireland and she was like, Catherine, you need to come home. 
You need to come home for a good long stay, right? You need to come home for a week or two. A week or two. I'm not doing that. The ideal amount of time to spend in your parents' home as a fully formed adult is... Wow, Jesus. An hour or an evening. Maybe somebody else should do some therapy. Fascinating. No, I have to fly there, so I tend to go for longer than the trip takes. That's my... An hour. Savage. Okay. Um, wow. No, uh, no, I'd have said 48 hours. I'd have said two days. I think two days is about right. Some nodding, barely. Okay. And um, for me, that's right. With an Irish mother, that's right. Because for an Irish mammy, that's enough time for her to have gotten your favourite food in and say the same thing for the first 48 hours. She just says, sit down, come in, sit down. I'll get it, I'll get it, sit down, sit down. I'll get it, your tooth in, sit down, I'll get it, I'll get it, sit down, sit down. I'll get it, far tooth in, sit down, I'll get it, I'll get it, sit down. It's like a spa. And um, I love it so much. But let me tell you, something happens on the 48th hour, wherein my mother essentially begins to howl at the moon. And there's a sentence she says where no matter what room of the house you're in, you'll hear it, and it means it's time to go. In my mom's case, that sentence is, this isn't a hotel. Ah, you gotta go. You gotta go. Oh my goodness me, day three. Day three, you wake up and my mom's like, if you're gonna be here, yeah? You're gonna work. <laughs> day three, honestly, if there's even a scrap of evidence I had a childhood in her home, oh, it's all gotta go. You wake up to the sound of my mother just beheading beanie babies into boxes and you're like, I gotta get out. So I genuinely thought going home after my breakup would be comforting. No, I forgot who my mother was. Um, my mom, in her own words, her take on the breakup after five years was um, that she had lost her favorite child. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Genuine. I got a text from my brother three months after being like, here, mom's in the living room and she's drinking red wine and I think she's deleting photos of your ex-girlfriend. Should I go in there? I was like, do not go in there. <laughs> I have a mother who genuinely thinks that in many ways it's hardest for the mother of the person who's been dumped. And I was trying to figure out why and then it came to me. My mom loves lesbians, but she only meets them through me. She gets very committal very quickly. And it happens every time. Whenever I bring a lesbian home, my mother will be like, okay, all right. And then she does two things in quick succession. The first thing she does is adopt that lesbian as her fourth and favorite child. The second thing she does is make it very clear. And I'm talking abundantly clear that she would fuck them. <laughs> Relatable kind. <laughs> oh my God, she makes it so obvious. She's a huge fan. Is my mom queer? Great question. Well, her husband's busy and she likes her life, so we don't know. But, my God, she loves the lesbian. She loves them so, so much. I had to say to her, I was like, Mom, you gotta cool it. It's too much. The flirting is too overt. Like, you gotta at least put a top on. And she was like... <laughs> She genuinely said to me, oh, come on, Catherine, they're lesbians. I want them to feel welcome. <laughs> okay, but you don't do that with my other partners. And she was like, oh, please, men assume I'd fuck them. They always feel welcome. I was like, what? <laughs> or we could put out biscuits, maybe? Biscuits. 
that's what I'm dealing with is what I'm saying to you. That is what I'm dealing with. I will tell you this though, um, going home really gave me some like confidence because I was like, you know what? I have to accept this is happening. I got to do the breakup admin. We know the breakup admin. If you've been with a partner for a long time, it's like who gets the TV, who gets the sofa. But if you're lesbians, there's the added drama of who gets the dildo. <laughs> Okay, bit of judgment in the feminist space. <laughs> not loving it, actually, not loving it. I think I get a bit of judgment for this because sometimes straight women look at me like, I'm sorry, is she saying she'd use the same dildo with the next partner? Yes. <laughs> and if you were judging me for that as a straight woman, I'd say, did your boyfriend get a new dick? <laughs> okay, because I can boil wash mine, thank you. <laughs> did he boil wash his dick? No, he fucking didn't. You washed your hair, but I'll bet you. <laughs> it's so fascinating. You get so much judgment when you say this. Of, co of course. I, by the way, I didn't get custody of the dildo. Very sad. I just see it at Christmases and every other weekend. But it's a huge question. I did a show recently in Bath, and a man was waiting for me outside and was like, sorry, I just want to... I'm sorry. Um, I just thought lesbians would have loads of dildos. First of all, why were you thinking about that? <laughs> Second of all, how does that help? You can't line them all up and be like, which mummy do you want to go with? <laughs> but thirdly, no, they're crazy expensive. They're so expensive. Any lesbians can back me up on this? Thank you, they're so expensive. I was never gonna buy a new one. I was gonna use that to like wore down to a knob. I... <laughs> they're so expensive. What are you talking about? No, I don't have a... I don't have a I don't have an armory of dick is what I'm saying to you. I don't, but I will say I'm thrilled that I did have to buy a new one because goodness me, the technology has come on. <laughs> I was never gonna do it, but I'm glad I, I'm glad I spent the money actually, Richard, because I don't know if you know this, but nobody told me I was working with a Windows XP dildo, so. <laughs> Richard's looking at me like, I don't know and I don't wanna know and I wish you'd stop talking to me actually. This is hell. I think I was a feminist when I came in here and now I think I hate all of you? <laughs> the wrong kind of conversion. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure to be here. You've been so kind. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, can I just ask very quickly? Hi. Oh my God, you already look... They, they tensed as I... I was like, I was going to ask and they were like, they went, no, not us, not... Can I, the, it's weird because you went so tense because the reason I came to speak to you is you looked so chill. Like, one of you has a blanket. One, you've taken your shoes off. They're like bedding in like it's a long old flight. And then I came over to you and you're like, fuck, no, no, nobody look at me on the flight. No, I closed my window. <laughs> Hello, what are your names? Tilly and Sophie, that fits completely. Tilly and Sophie, do you live here or do you just, you're just very relaxed? Amazing, I, I, we're supposed to be feminists. Taking up the space is amazing, but this is taking the piss, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Take the space up, Tilly, but also put your shoes back on. You know, it's like, it's a balance, it's a balance. <laughs> Shouldn't attack the feminists. Um, you all stick together and I am one of you. Okay, you've been lovely. Thank you for listening to my ramblings about dildos. And um, have a great night, I'm sure you will. I've been Catherine Bohart. Good night, guys. Bye. Catherine Bohart, everybody. Are you enjoying it so far? Excellent, very good. Do we have any other acts of feminism, mini or maxi? We can let the lid off Canterbury. We've heard the mini ones. They've intimidated every other region. Yes, go for it. Uh, I started an LGBT group at school. Started an LGBT group at school. 
And are you a teacher or a student? You're a teacher. Uh, and how does this LGBT group look? Um, wonderfully queer. Wonderfully queer. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, are any of the students here tonight? You hope not? What? This is a bastion of learning. I, how dare you? What have we said so far that's a bit over the edge? Oh, because you want to drink. Oh, I thought it was the content. I thought it was me banging on about Jennifer Grey and all the people that she did coke with in the 80s, which I do see is not the greatest example. How old are your students? Um, like 12 to 18. 12 to 18. Okay, well, we... Mostly 12. Well, we love, we love that you've done that. Uh, anybody else got anything else? Yes, go for it. Quit your job? That's feminist there. Stop right there. Walk out the door. Don't turn around now. You're not welcome anymore. Did you do that at the end? Because if so, 25 more feminist points. Oh, you're a teacher. That's not feminist quitting that then. No. I take it back. Sorry, I'm kidding. You can, it is feminist to quit anything. Continue. Oh, 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 oh. I just have to tell the people at home that. You went for a promotion. Say it again. You went for a promotion of a role you'd already been doing for six months, unpaid, they gave that role to the man they interviewed, not to the woman who was already doing the extra without pay. So you were like, I should have changed those stupid locks. I should have made you leave your key. Um, indeed. Well, listen, we, if we sing that song later, that's for you. Because that's something. And so you quit, you walked out. What are you doing now? You're still working in that job. So in what way did you quit? It's not the most effective quitting I've ever heard. I'll be up not to judge, but normally quitting means that you are no longer showing up. And if what you've done there is a metaphorical quit because you can't leave the children, or are you serving notice? You have to give your notice early as a teacher. You're staying for the kids. And when you leave, where are you going? You don't know. Secondary school or primary school teacher? Special needs teacher. So if there's anyone in the room who knows any special needs roles, what's your name? Heather. Heather. Find Heather in the bar at the interval. <laughs> Are you also single, Heather? Oh, disappointing. I thought we were going to do a double there. <laughs> just, put, just put your hand up if you are single. Have a quick look around. This is like Tinder Live. <laughs> Can swipe in real time. It's an excellent system. Um, find each other in the interval. Because um, either way, you can either, you've either get a date or you can talk about how rubbish it is being single uh, and dating apps and how appalling they are. Either way, it's, it's going to work out for you. So that was the first half. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.